Let us bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, again, thank you for this great day. Thank you for this great opportunity, and we appreciate you so much for giving this opportunity to speak the gospel. We love you deep down inside, and we know you love us. And we thank you so much for blessing us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, you are an amazing God, and you do amazing things. We ask you to reveal to us who we are in you so we can do your work. We love you so much, and we praise and magnify you, and we give you glory for what you're going to do today, how you're going to speak today, how you're going to transform today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody says the life-giving church. Part three. The thing that's uh, uh, so important, I want us to understand, particularly the young people, I want to talk to the young people as well today. I'm going to try to address those issues because I think uh, often kids come to church and they don't realize the significance of church. And so they sit in and they kind of like, they check out. You know, they, they come in and you know, they don't want to come in and, you know, they're like, my why do I have to sit in church and all that? But it's important. In Luke chapter 2, um, Jesus' parents had came to the festival. And when they came to the festival, um, they were at the festival and it was, the festival was ended and they was on their way home. And they left. And it was a big crowd, a lot of people, because thousands and thousands of people, man, would come to this festival. And they left, and they realized after they was on their journey that they had left their child, right? So they had left Jesus behind. Uh, and what they found uh, when they went back, they found Jesus was there really teaching the, the, listen here, teaching the law. The people who knew the law, he was teaching them. I want you to get it. So he was teaching them about God and what they were supposed to be doing mesmerizing them, right? And I want you to understand something. You have to know who you are. So as we go and we talk about a life-giving church and being effective, everybody has to know who they are. Young people, uh, we're going to school, and when you go to school, you're going to be dealing with a lot of issues and a lot of people and a lot of broken kids. And some of you all may be broken, but you're going to be a lot of broken kids. And the only way uh, they're going to know who Christ is or who God is is really going to be through your life. Uh, and a lot of you all have been coming to church every Sunday, um, Sunday after Sunday. You have a, a relationship with God. And in your private time, even though I know your parents don't think you do it, but I know you pray and you have this relationship with God and you love God, you can have a conversation with the kids and they'll tell you how important God is. Uh, we have to know that. Now, here's the thing. Jesus' story was an amazing story because, and they say, for God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, right? Uh, what he really did was he took this baby girl uh, who's a young girl, was a virgin, and impregnated her, and this girl gave birth to a human being uh, by the name of Jesus. They called him Yeshua, but uh, they gave birth to him, and he really come out of a very poor family. They didn't have much. But here's the thing, what they had. Uh, they had a relationship with God. That, that's important. Because of the relationship with God, uh, this child came in, and God wanted to show us 
what he could do, right, with a human being who loved him and cared for him. And he wanted us to know um, that if we follow the life of Jesus, the things that Jesus would do, we'll be able to do it. And the thing is, man, we are game changers. You have to know that you are game changers. People, I want you to understand who you are as we go into this lesson today about the life-giving church. Because if you're going to be a life-giving church, man, you have to know who you are. Because society and the world has beaten you down and lied to you and told you what you're not. You have to know who you are in God and realize that uh, God created you and he created you in his image and he created you from the same thing he created everything else from, except he put his spirit inside of you and he wanted you to dominate the earth. God never wanted you to dominate something unless he gave you the, everything you need to be able to have dominion. And that's important. But the thing is, whatever you're going to be or whoever you're going to be, you can only be that man in connection with God. The thing is, when you try to be what God intended for you to be without spending time with God, Satan will trick you, and then you will be, uh, listen to me, because you are a lot of you are like gifted and talented, and you try to operate off your talent instead of your anointing, right? And you got talent, and you think your talent will carry you, but talent will only carry you so far. The thing that's going to take you over the top, man, is going to be your relationship with God. And it's important. Why did God give us the Holy Spirit? Why was it important? Now, you have to understand that you have to know without a shadow of a doubt, I am who I am, right? When Jesse Jackson said that, I didn't understand it at the time, but it makes a lot of sense now. I got to know who I am. There's no doubt in my mind who I am and whose I am. You have to know that. If you don't know that, you will go into a relationship and try to be what somebody else intended for you to be. Somebody else will try to find who you are. But when you know without a shadow of a doubt who you are and who you are, right, everything that you, everything that you come in contact with, God will show you without a shadow of a doubt that he's with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you, Right? And God said, when I created you, I created you for a success. I created you for a purpose. I wanted you to be something. Now, when you read Matthew chapter 9, and I'm going to be teaching after, after chapter 10, but I'm going to go back to chapter 9 for a second, and I want to read it, uh, chapter 9, uh, because Jesus was teaching in Matthew chapter 9, and he did. it was a lot of good teaching. But here's what he did. I want to get to the end of the chapter. So here's what he said at the end of it, right? He started at verse 35, and here's what he said. This is Jesus. Now, he got his disciples together. Now, remember this. Jesus took 12 men, and these 12 men was game changers. They changed the world. He took 12 unlearned people. They weren't smart, right? They were mostly illiterate people. So they didn't know how to read and write. And so they didn't know all that, right? And, and so he took them. And what he wanted to do was show the world how he can take something that everybody else cast away and said means nothing. He can pour into them the principles and the values and the teachings of God, and those men can change the world. And he wants you to know, I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your mother or your father did. I don't care how much money you had. It does not matter. When you 
trust me and have confidence in me and follow me, he says, I will make giants out of you. I want you to understand that. And it's important to understand that. So he took these men who were really unlearned. So young people, you think you're struggling? There are people that have powerful, powerful testimonies who were illiterate, but God gave them the word of God, and the word of God elevated them way above people, man, with doctoral degrees. Right? Because education in the school system and all that stuff has no comparison to a relationship with God. I want you to understand that. It's not even a comparison, right? Your faith in God is more valuable than any kind of education you can get. Now, I don't care what people tell you, because remember this. People say anything they want. Hear me and hear me well. Education is extremely, extremely important. But I want you to know something, right? God's anointing is greater than. Now, there are people, and I want you to hear me well, there are people, man, God has elevated with no education. Because God is a spirit, and spirit works in the minds of people. And God can have you learn something and be really good at it and never go to school, right? And he can give you favor with someone with no education, and that person will train you to be exactly what they need you to be. Right now, I'm not downplaying education because I think it's the most important thing, but I I, I do want to put God's relationship above it all, and, and that's the thing. So, and and the thing is, a lot of us go to school and go to college and do all this stuff, man, thinking it's going to promote us, and then we get to a certain point, and then somebody who have a little authority stop us from getting something after we worked so hard, or we thought we was going to get the job and we didn't get it. Right? But when God is behind you and God got you, they can't even stop you because what God has for you, no man can stop you. All right? So so the relationship with God is crucial. It's extremely and he'll give you favor with people and you wonder how you got it. Right? So Jesus um, was really concerned and his mission was to change the world. So God sent him into the world, man, really to change the world. And he really sent him here so we can see as an example. And he wanted to empower us, and he wanted to empower us, man. What he did was taught people to teach people, right? And so here's what happened. In verse 35 of the ninth chapter, uh, he said this, Jesus was traveling throughout all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in their synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. Now, the synagogue really was not a church. The synagogue was like a, a, a it was a, 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 a learning community center where everybody came. They did everything. They traded there. They, they washed clothes. They did everything. So people would all come around the synagogue, and they would learn, and all of a sudden they would read scripture. And Jesus would come there, and he was teaching them. Now, here's the key. Hear me well. Here's what he said. Jesus was traveling throughout all the towns and villages of, of that area, teaching them in their synagogue, and he was announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He, he was announcing, man, God's kingdom is here. Here's what he's about to tell them. God is about to do something in your life if you accept him in your life. And he's going to be the influence in your life, man. He's going to change your life forever. 
This is a new day and a new era. He's about to empower you like never before. And he's telling us here. Then he goes on and he says, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. Now, remember, he was not operating as God. He was really a human being, right? And he was going, but he had the power of God working in him, man, and he could lay hands on people and he would heal them, right? And he had this power working, and the people knew that he was a human, and they followed him as a leader, but God gave him the power because he's, he was sold out for God. He got up early in the morning and devoted himself to prayer, Dale, and he had such a commitment to God, and God empowered Jesus like never before, right? And he had this power, and where everybody else was having, uh, 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 what they call them, uh, rallies and, and Terry service and all that, Jesus didn't do all that. All Jesus came back and he healed you. He didn't go through all this stuff. He came and you were sick and he laid hands on you. And he wasn't afraid of no demon. He was not afraid of anything. He knew he had authority over the, the, the demons, right? So he went in any situation, any, any place he went, he knew he had God backing him, right? Do you know who you are when you got God backing you? Right? Now, you're not afraid of anybody. You got a different attitude. You got a different confidence in you, right? So it says, when he saw the crowd, now here's the big one, right? When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, just like it is today. He saw people out there, man, and they were struggling, man, and they was like they was going around, and they had no leader. They had nobody to lead them. They were just running around. They just, it, was, it was crazy, and he had to bring some order to the chaos, right? And the way he would do it was, he says, I got to get them in to understand who God is. So I got to teach them about the kingdom of God and understand if they get the kingdom of God, that it would change their life forever. And they would never be the same. If you want to be different, you got to embrace God and the kingdom. You got to let God be the Lord of your life. And what do you mean by that? You got to get the word of God and let the word of God control your life. Your life got to be controlled by the word. As you move and operate, man, you got to move and operate, man, like the word is in control of your life. You can't go around and lying and stealing and cheating and running game and hustling and think you're going to get somewhere. You're not going to get anywhere. You can't play with people. You can't try to think you can hustle somebody you think nobody knows. Remember, man, we're not, I, I say it all the time, we're nothing but a bundle of energy. Empowered by God. When you walk in the room, man, the energy, you can change the atmosphere of the room. I went to the hospital, and my heart was irregular, Brad, and the doctor shocked me. They took some things, put me to, gave me some Michael Jackson juice, and they, and they shocked me. That's what they did. They really did. They gave me the Michael Jackson juice. That's what they call it. They don't call it that, but that's what the guys would have right? So they gave me the juice, and I went out. And I didn't know nothing. They got huge. And what they did was, because my body is full of current and electricity, they shocked my heart, and it went back into rhythm. And I got, and I got back up, and when I woke up, I didn't even realize my heart was, I didn't even know what happened, because I had the juice. Right? So, so, I, so I came back, and I, I, was, I, was, I was doing pretty good, right? Now, so I got a doctor, uh, and my doctor uh, is named Dr. Shafoom. And he's called electrophysiologist. 
right? I got a doctor, and I'm a human being, and he's electrophysiology. Why is that? Because our body has nothing but currents going through it. And the energy and the vibration. That's why you can go to the party deal and you walk in there and everybody says, oh, and the party did. And one person walk in and says, and it's on. And the whole party changed. It happens in church. You know, church can be kind of quiet. Somebody, oh, won't he do it? They say, yes, he will. And then all of a sudden, everybody, oh, and they hit. And you go to a church where they got the organ. And all that kind of stuff, they hit that B, and everybody, huh? And they, and they look in, and they, and they get to going, and that thing. And what happens is, they know if I hit the right vibrations, everything, man, I will change your emotions. That's why they talk about music and all that, man. And and DJs, that's why some DJs get a thousand dollars a show, and some get two dollars. Because the ones that get $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, $5,000, they can walk into a club, and they know it, and they know what decibel can make your heart jump. And they hit the right, de- and, they, and that thing controls your body. right? So Jesus knew this, man. Jesus knew that God had the, the power and the current to change the world, and he wanted to empower you with it, so he gave you the Holy Spirit so you can impact the world. That's why he, get, he said, listen, if you want to change the world, he said, you got to have some electricity working. You got to have something, and then when you walk there, he said, the power, you're so, the demons will tremble when you walk in. That's how powerful it is, right? So he goes on, he says, he says in verse 37, he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. He says there's a lot of people out there that don't even know who God is. They have no idea who he is. Right? They have no idea. He said the harvest is great, but we don't have enough workers. So we got to pray to God for the workers. We got to ask God, say, God, we need you to empower some more people. And God said, well, I need some people to accept me. He because I'm standing at the door knocking. He said, but they won't let me in. I'm trying to come into their life. That's what he's talking about. I'm trying to come into their life and change them because if I get inside of them and I really get inside of them, I will change their world forever. My brother was over my house the other day. He's here today. My brother was over my house the other day. Uh, yes, I think it was yesterday he came by the house and he sat down. He said, man, we were just talking and we was reminiscing. He says, man, I remember. He says, man, God was watching over me. He said, I would be out there drinking. He said, and I'd be so drunk, I would fall asleep in the snowbank. He said, and the police would pick me up and take me home. They wouldn't even take me to jail. They would take me to the house, take me through the gate on the porch, and let me go in the house. He said, I know it was God. But the most powerful thing he said to me was, he says, uh, uh, God stopped me from drinking. He says, and I didn't go to no rehab center or nothing. He said, and God changed, and I've never drinking again. Now, now, I want you to hear me now. God was able to go inside of his body. When he turned his, and he told me, this lady used to pray for me all the time and tell me I need to go to church. But when God got a hold to him, he didn't need nobody to tell him because once he accepted God for real, he said, I'm for real, then God did it. 
That's the power of God. So, and God, listen, and now listen, there were people praying for him. Praying. God need you praying for people. He needs you. Listen, he wants you, he want you to have it. Okay, now, let me get in my lesson. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 10. Watch what happened. Jesus called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Now, listen to Jesus. He told them he had been teaching them for three and a half years. He had been teaching them. He said, now I'm going to give you what I got. He said, the work that I do, he said, I can't do all this work by myself. So now I'm going to deputize you, and everything you run into, I got you. He said, listen, I'm giving you power and authority to deal with any kind of demonic situation that you run into. Any kind of sickness, illness, whatever, go in in my name. He says, you, you, you got to know if you go in and you don't go in there thinking you everything. If I lay hands on you, I pray for you, it's in the name of God, not me. I'm telling you, if you believe, God is able to. So I'm coming, and I know before I pray for you, I've seen it happen. It, it, it happened on multiple occasions. God healed people because of you. You prayed for people, and God have healed them, man, because he, you trusted him to work through you. Because he said, I got to have somebody to work through. Can I trust you? He said, the harvest is great. He said, but I need some more people. So Jesus sent them out and said, go to work. Go to work. Everybody said, go to work. Now, and then, now, so I'm going to jump to verse 7 across the time. Here's what he said. Now, he told them to only go to the house of Israel, but I'll teach that later. Right? Now, verse 7. He says, go and do something. Go and announce to them, right, that the kingdom of heaven is near. Before you do anything, let them know that God's presence is here now and is in people. Right? His presence is in people. It don't make a difference if you're 11 years old, 12 years old, or 70 years old. The anointing of God can be on your life. And you can, listen, read the Bible. The kings, some of the kings was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old and ran the country. Read your history. Right? Uh, young people took over. Their parents died, and the kingdom stayed in the family, and the kids ran it. Right? And now, so God is not going to put you in charge of something unless he give you the backing behind it. Right? And if listen to me. And when you gave your life to him, and you told him, I'm living for you, he said, I got you. Now, he says, go, and I want you to heal the sick. That's what he told the disciples. Tell them. Tell them about the kingdom. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cure those who have leprosy, cast out demons. Right? Right? And give as freely as you have received. He said, cast out demons. There's going to be some people you're going to run into, man, it's going to be demon possessed. Satan has got a hold of their life, and he's grabbing a part of their life, and he got them locked in and tied in, and he said, I'm giving you the power to loose that demon from them. 
You got to tell him to let him go in the name of God. You got to know. You got to know I'm back. I got the backing of the whole kingdom behind me. Right? And you got to believe it if we're going to change the world. If we're going to be gay. Now, so if we're going to be a life-giving church, well, that means if we see people out there that are struggling and what's going on, we got to give them life. The only way you can give them life, you got to give them God. If you don't give them God, you can't give them life. You can't buy them no groceries and think it's going to make a difference because they're going to be hungry tomorrow. You can pay their rent. You just going to have to pay it the next week. Because if they don't get God and understand how to budget and manage, they're going to keep on messing up. can't buy them no clothes and all that kind of stuff thinking that's going to change them. That's not going to change them. The only thing that's going to change them, man, is you got to give them God. And when you give them God, the demons are, le- the demons are going to start fighting the whole on, but they got to let go. They, they got to let go because the power, and what, listen, that's why you can't let them go. You got to stay with them. You got to stay with them. You can't let them go because if you let them go, the devil's still pulling at them. How many people, when you got, you got to deliver them something, and before you go, your best friend tried to give you some more? Some of you all, your mama said, girl, take one more drink for, for good old sake. I remember Brother Derek was telling me he went to rehab. He says, and he said, man, before he went to rehab, he said, I just got to get a, just a little bit more before I go. He was on his way to rehab. He said, just one more hit. Right? But that's what the demon, that's what the devil is, just one more. And that one more can cost you your life. One more can cost you everything. It can cost you your family. Because co- people have taken one more and turned, didn't go, and then they lost everything. That's why you can't let them go. Right? And that's why he told them, said, listen. Now he said, don't go out there because this power that I'm giving you is going to be revolutionary. It's going to be so awesome and so magnificent that this you're going to be so gifted. Some of you are so gifted and so talented, you're going to want to charge people for it because people want to pay you. He said, no, you can't charge nobody for this because I'm giving it to you for the sake of healing, for the sake of deliver. But I want to market it. Listen, this real talk. We got people, man, get into the church. They say, man, I can do this here, and then I prophesy, but it's going to cost you $25 for this prophecy. That's real talk. I'm not t- making it up, right? And so they're marketed, and they got to figure out a way how they can get you, and they package the gospel, right? Uh, and they package it up so they can get something from you when the, the gospel is really about giving because none of it is yours. Now, I'm not saying he said a, a servant is worthy of his hire, but you got to know why you do what you do because God is empowering you to change lives. Right? So he told them, said, now listen, you go out there and you're going to be the bomb.com. He said, this is going to be crazy. People are going to want to hear you. They're going to speak more. Come over some more. Do it again. Won't you? That's, that's a bad right? You, we, that man got the, he's anointed. Do it again. Right? He said, don't charge him a dime. He said, but watch this here. He said, people are going to take care of you. You don't have to ask them for nothing. They'll take care of you. They're going to make, he said, I already touched their mind and they're going to make sure you're taken care of. Amen? Now, so now watch Acts, and I'm going to wrap this thing up. I'm really about to wrap this thing up. So when you go forward, and, and he starts to talk to Spud, 
and he was trying to move the world, right? And he moved them. Here's what he said. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come on you. What kind of power? Right? All right? And uh, he said, watch this. And then when you be, he said, you're going to be my witness. Uh, people are going to know who I am because of you. People are going to know who God is, man, because of you. It ain't because you, it ain't, it ain't just speaking in tongue. It ain't all that stuff. He said, that's not how they're going to know you. He said, they're going to know you, mine, by the love you show and by the power that comes through you to help change their lives. That's why you got to love the hell out of people. You got to love them and let the hell come out of them. And if you love people, it's that they know law to love. Love, that's the kingdom language. That's the kingdom language. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how little you are. I don't care who you are. Go to school, and you want your friends to love you. You, you do. Everybody want to be loved, and everybody want to be cared for. Well, that's God. That, that, that's God. The only way you can really do it, you can't love without him. Please say, yes, I can. You cannot because you become selfish, man, and it's about you. And if you think you can do it without God, here's what happened. You'll do it for a minute. Soon as somebody don't do what you want, you won't cut them loose. You're like, I'm done with you. Don't call me no more. You know, I was doing a love before in the name of Jesus. You know, the Lord loved you. Now all of a sudden he don't love you no more. You get real mad, and then the truth will come out. You say, You need Jesus. I thought, I thought you I had him when I had you. Right, and, and see, and, that, and that's the power of of that. That's the now. If we're going to be a life-giving church, we got to die to us and come alive to Him. We we got to come alive, you know. And we listen. We can. I heard a guy say, "Man, nah, I don't get into that." But but the, it's it's important for us to understand it. So he goes on. Now here's the Ephesians. So now Paul cuts across the field because. The Gentiles weren't a part of it. And this now I want y'all to hear this well. He says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard. Everybody said heard. Everybody said heard. The message of truth. Now, once you heard the message of truth, and you heard about this kingdom, here's what he says. The gospel of your salvation, when you heard about it, he says, when you believed it, now listen to me, this is important. And you believed it, you were sealed, right? He said, everybody said sealed. With the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, I heard it. I believed it. And when I believed it, I don't care what nobody tell you. Now, this is going to be our first week on the radio, right? So I'm in trouble, right? I don't care what nobody tell you. Once you hear it and you believe it, right? I mean, you believe it. I'm talking about really believe it. When you believe something for real, it changes you. It, it, it changes you. He said, now you see it. He said, now you got it, and the Holy Spirit is working in your life. Now, some people are going to say, no, you got to go through a process, right? And I'm not going to debate that issue with people. All I'm going to say is this. You know you. I don't care what nobody else say, Nikki. You know you. They can say you're not this, you're not that, but you know what God is doing for you. You know what God, I don't, well, you, you got to do it this way, and you got to do it this way. You got to turn around, and you got to come, and you got, no, I know it's God, because I wouldn't, what I used to do, I don't do no more. You know, and, and, and here's the thing, I hate doing it, even if I'm doing it, now that I found out God, I'm so guilty, I'm mad every time I think about it, because I know it's him working in me now. 
Now, people say a whole lot of stuff, but they better thank God that you believe. Because some of you all are ruthless for real, right? Some of you, listen to me, I'm telling the guys out the truth because I was one of them. Some of us, man, people don't know they would have stole your shoes off your feet. And when they think you're not saved and you don't have the Holy Spirit, they don't realize you can come in their house right now and won't touch nothing. Before you, when you leave, they, they, even, know, they didn't even know you stole all their jewelry. They, they didn't know who you, but God changed you. Now, they say, you, you don't have the Holy Spirit. I promise you I have it. Because if I didn't have it, I promise you, you'll see a different person. You don't want the old person. And, and now, the reason why he give you that, because he wants you to go into the homes of people who don't know him, right? And he wants you to value them and everything they have. He said, I want you to sit at their table. He said, I want you to love them like never before. He because here's what's going to happen. When you sit down and you have a conversation with them, and you train, listen, watch this here. He said, I'm going to speak through you, and it's not going to be you talking. It's going to be me. He said, when you yield to me, I'm going to speak to them, and some of you all going to walk away and say, I can't believe I said that. Because it's not you, to, it wasn't you that said it. It was God, and you said, man, where did that come from? It was God speaking through you. And that's how we, ch- that's how we change the world. We're game changers. So, so that's why he said to me, I said, I'm sending you out, he said, and take care of business. Now, and, and I'm wrapping up in Galatians. Here's Galatians. Here's how you know it's working in you. Here's how you know. But the fruit of the Spirit, now, you know, people want to say, ah, you ain't got this. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit, he says, it's going to be joy, love, joy, peace, forbearance, forgiveness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self, everybody says self-control. I, I got this thing under control now. Right, I use I love self control more than anything else because a lot of us were in bad situations where we had no self control. But now that we have God working us, we have self control. I can control myself now. Before I couldn't. Right now, He said the reason why I'm giving you all this because I need something done, and I want to ask you a question: Are you willing to work with me to help change this person that you know is dying? That's what God is saying. I want to know, are you willing to work with me and be my partner as I go and try to change the life of this person? Because you know they're in bad shape. You know your best friend that you want really off drugs or your best friend who's really struggling in their marriage or whatever. He said, I want to know, will you go over their house with me? Will you do it? And you say, yeah, you know I go. He said, well, you, what you need to do, first you need to stop. You need to pray. He said, you need to ask me for forgiveness and clean up. Because if you go in there with that demon inside of you, that thing may jump out. Right? And that thing will jump on you. And that spirit in them will get on you. So you got to be ready. Cause without, and listen, but I'm giving you authority and power. And when you go in, you're going in with me. So now when the demon jump on you, he's going to jump off. I'm telling you. Right? Because that thing, a demon, and he, it disguises himself. It disguises himself into an angel of light. So you think it's this. It ain't going to come, Rah! it just come real subtle, right? It may borrow some money. You know, it may say a few nice things. It may tell you, call me later, send me a text, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, you can get away with this. Man, we can pull this off. You know what we used to do, right? And you like, 
Yeah, man, I am kind of tight, man. Listen to me. We can listen. But won't nobody know? Right? And, and that, that spirit will jump on you, and you will like, where'd that come from? And you walking out there. I remember I, I Derek is my best friend. Man, me and Derek real tight. Derek, one day Derek said, I don't know something, man. Derek said he was driving a Cadillac. No, Derek got a Cadillac, right? So Derek said he was driving a Cadillac. He said, and something came on him, man. He said he thought he was, uh, what's your name used to be? Skillet. He said, Derek, Derek said, Derek said, one day he was driving down the street. He said, man, the music came on. He said he thought he was Skillet. He like, oh. <laughs> he, said he, he said he had to shake himself like, oh, 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 oh. He said that spirit jumped on him, man. He said, man, I thought I could do what I used to do. Then he thought about Teresa, and then the spirit came back. because He knew Teresa was going to kill him, right? We laugh about that, and I say that because how many of us, that old spirit has jumped back on us, and we thought it. That demon will slip back and watch it, and he always try to come back in familiar spirits. What he's trying to do is, now I'm, I'm done. What he's trying to do is get you to lose your anointing. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you to lose your nose. Because every time he do that, you should know right then that, oh, God is about to do something great. Look at the devil trying to mess with me. Because God got a plan. You got to know it. That's how you're able to recognize it. You're like, oh, my God, saying you're a liar. Right? Because I know, I said, that man, say, you ain't going to get me on this one, buddy. That's how you know. Because you know you're trying to live right. You know you want to change it. You know when you call the person on the phone, it wasn't no mild intent, but the devil tried something. That's when you know it's Satan. I'm on it now. Now I'm going to dig in even deeper, Sister Quinn. Now I'm going to love for real, for real. I'm like, ooh, I got this thing because God is with me now because I see Satan working. Young people, you got to know it. And, and I don't care how young you are, God won't let Satan slip it by you. He reminds you who you are and who you are. So as we get ready to move forward in this and being a life-giving church and start to impact the lives of people, know that Satan is going to come, but he's going to give he giving you power to trample on serpents and snakes, and they won't even harm you. Sister Denisha, I love you. You told me you was coming, man. I love you, man. Right? Listen, he said you can walk on serpents, and they won't even bite you. They can't harm you. Now, he's not talking about real snakes, right? He's saying, it's some snakes, man, so if they bite you, it can take the life out of you. He said, I'll send you among them because I need you to go amongst them, right? Because the only way you can get them out, you got to go where they are. Years ago, they told us, don't go over there where them folks are. Well, how are we going to get them? We can do it if we pray it up. And we devoted to God. But if we out there dilly-dagging, doing what they're doing, don't you go in that place? That demon will whoop the snot out of you. Amen? Get the Lord a hand clap. God loved you so much, and he loved the world, and he wanted to change the world through you. Right? Know that. Know that. You got you to gotta spend time now. Uh, in your devotion, you got to spend time with God every single day. You got to be devoted to him. You got to be committed to him. You got to spend time and watch this power work in your life. He said, you don't have to worry about nothing. I'm going to take care of everything you need. That's why he said, seek ye first. Everybody said, seek ye first. The kingdom of God. 
and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I don't have to want for nothing if I seek the kingdom first. Make the kingdom the priority. Amen? Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your kingdom message. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your Holy Spirit down in our life to give us a revelation of who you are and who we are in you. Thank you, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, in the name of Christ, that you continue to reveal to us the power of your word. And let us be able to use your word to bind these demonic forces that come in to try to destroy our lives. Lord, we pray for wisdom and knowledge as we interact with others to show them who you are. Lord, we ask you to remove us from any kind of temptation that may cause us to yield to Satan. Thank you, Lord, for supplying us with everything we need. You said it. And, Lord, we trust in you. And now, regarding ourselves, we're getting ready. Whether we're on our job, whether we're a social worker, whether we're a, a gas station operator, whether we are, whatever we are, whether we work at Myers or an engineer in the school system, a teacher or whatever, we're going to represent you. And we're going to let people know that's lost that you are our Savior. And we're going to do it by loving them. We're not going to push you down the throat. We're just going to show them who you are by the love. So give us the opportunity to reflect you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I offer him to you today. Right? He's here. He wants to be a part of your life. It will be people at the altar to pray for you. You can write your name on the card if you want to be a part of this ministry. We would love for you to be a part of Kingdom Embassy. Just put it on the card, write your name on it. We would love it. As we get ready to prepare to give before we leave, thank you all so much for what you're doing. We got a great ministry ahead of us. We got a lot of good stuff about to happen. We're going to be game changers. We need you to continue to help us. People, don't be afraid to sow into Kingdom Embassy. You're sowing into good soil. I promise you, you're sowing into good soil. Right? But but we, we can't do it. I want the young kids to know everybody know. Everybody, every single person, hear me well, can sow in the ministry. Every kid, every adult, everybody can sow. God has blessed every one of us to have something to be able to sow. This is your church. You got to contribute to help it work. If you don't do it, who else? We can't give people, we can't give furniture and do all kinds of things man, without what you guys do. But you can't not support it. We need your help. Right? We spend a lot of time, man, trying to do things to make it happen for you. So don't be afraid to sow. Right? God is not going to let you go without. I'm a living witness. Amen. Amen. Lord, as we prepare to give, we ask you to don't let anybody suffer because of what they give. But we ask you to open up opportunities. You said we give, men will give unto our bosom. Good measure, pressure down, shaking together, running over. So men's gonna give out in our bosom. So you're gonna make opportunities where we can be blessed. But we ask you to bless every business, every business that every person has that's giving their life to you. We ask you to bless it. Let it be prosperous. 
Lord, we ask you to, for raises. We ask for people to get job opportunities. Lord, we ask you to open up doors. We just love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. And as we leave this place, never your presence. Be with us. Guide our hearts. Guide our minds. Be with us. Give us traveling mercies. Lord, let us represent you every single day of this week until we meet again next week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. You all may stand and be dismissed. You can give online on the way out, write a check, however you want to do it. God bless you.